to another episode of Thirsty Thursday. How is everybody doing? My name is Matt. Sometimes I go by the Grass Factor. Uh, the last name Martin. I'm gonna dox myself right here. I live in at four one two nine George Costanza Boulevard. I'm just kidding. That's not my address. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even like Seinfeld. You don't even like the show, and you reference George. Oh, that was. A, that was a weird callback, dude. That was weird. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know where that it is, came from. That's odd. That is <laughs> but odd. It, but it just showed up. Um, uh, so I'm Matt, and alongside me, we have Ray and Ryan. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing this evening? I'm great. I am pumped for our guest tonight. I think this is going to be a good chat. Uh, a guy who's been doing it for a, a long time, and uh, you know, I'm excited to talk life and business and all that kind of stuff with him about... Uh, Man, where things are at, it's a weird time to be in uh, in the green industry, and more specifically in turf. And so, Ray, we're gonna figure it out, man. I think we're gonna sit here and solve the yeah. world's problems tonight, right here for the next. I hope so. For the next eight and a half hours, I hope we can get this accomplished. <laughs> we we are going to bring down inflation by the end of the night, single tri- quadruple handedly. Here. We're gonna this get is... kicked off now. Way to go! <laughs> we just got banned from YouTube. If you don't know who we're talking about, we are talking about Pete Denny of GCI Turf. And for those of you that don't know Pete, which which is which is if you don't, then uh, you live under a rock. But um, I have I have a funny story because uh i have known pete since uh since the the pre youtube boom i'll call it and uh and so uh back back when when we were we were just young well younger buckaroos in the spray business <laughs> and uh and this is this is the real early days of pilex we were talking on the phone talking about our experiences trying to figure out the the solution to controlling warm season grain playing with all kinds of different rates and variations and timings and all that fun stuff and that's how that's how pete and i got to know each other and then and then of course you know life has has funny ways and then all of a sudden you know there's youtube and the world just gets crazy and like wow that was wild uh but it's funny because i've i've known pete for a long time but we've we've kept in touch the entire time as well too so it's my pleasure to introduce you on the show sir how are you doing this evening I'm doing wonderful, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I was telling John earlier that I've gotten to watch you two guys. Of course, I've known Matt forever, uh, but I've got to watch you two guys for a few shows, and I've just been super excited all day to get on here. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Well, you're one person to be excited to see me today, Pete, and that's hey, that's 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 a, a win in my book. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's also so, a win in my book too, <laughs> because usually uh, I'm the person that's like, oh, he's here. <laughs> so, so Pete, for those who don't know you, I mean the 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 YouTube persona and everything like that, they can go check you out, and we we'll definitely want to plug you know your YouTube channel. But if we were to pull back the curtain for a minute, who is Pete? The person and the business owner, and just how did you get to be sitting in front of us, us poor, us poor lumps right here on this show? Tell me the story. How did Pete get here? Uh, you know, I think I sent Matt a text and said, "Hey, that that Thursday show looks really interesting. Uh, I would like <laughs> to be on it one time and just kind of hang out and chat and talk, whatever." And we went back and forth and we figured out, you know, talking like actual long-term business stuff, we 
be a pretty good topic, especially with employees. Because uh, I know oh, if you have any. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh. like, that's a nightmare thing right now. So, you know, that that's kind of how it happened. And heck, he sent me a text this morning and said, hey, he's going to email you the link. And I'm like, it's tonight? I'm real organized, Pete. Uh, that's why that's why J-Pink does these things, because I can't find my head from a hole in the ground on most days. Um, Pete, talk to me real quick. Just give everybody a rundown. When did you get started in lawn care? Uh, and, uh, and, and, but you gotta, you gotta take a second to dote on yourself and tell, and tell the world what you did prior to lawn care. And then, uh, tell us about starting your lawn care business and, uh, and, and how it's progressed today. You know, how many trucks do you have on the road? What all kinds Mm -hmm. of services do you, do you offer all that kind of fun stuff? So. Uh, I got married 19 years ago and congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Then 19 years of, uh, absolute wonderful marriage. Um, uh, and I got started because I got fired. I used to deliver <laughs> propane and, uh, you know, the propane truck drives around and they accused me of doing something I didn't do, uh, something to a motor on a truck. And, uh, so they fired me and this mind you, this was just a few months before I was supposed to get married. And oh, man. Imagine, imagine going, yeah, oh, go tell that to my God. Your Say, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh. Awkward <laughs> conversation. Yes. Very. Yeah. So, um, what happened was, uh, you know, we just sat down and said, what are we going to do? And, um, I said, you know what? I'll just start going, I'll go mow yards and, and we'll do that. And so I actually went and applied at another uh, gas company and started and got a job with them, worked for them part-time. Uh, I started my company with a Toyota pickup truck, a 1992 model. And mm-hmm. I had to go borrow my dad's trailer because I didn't own a trailer. And it, the trailer I borrowed didn't even have ramps. It was a single axle with no ramps. So I went to Lowe's and bought the little thing that you screw onto a two by six and, and <laughs> used that for the ramp. I love I this. Had a small push, I had a small push mower. Hey, this is why America is so great. This, this what I'm telling you makes America what it is. I'm the prime example. I had a little push mower. I had a little weed eater. Didn't have a good one. It was the one you buy at Lowe's with the curved shaft. The bent arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a terrible weed eater. Terrible. Wouldn't half run. I had a little handheld gas blower. And uh, uh, I went out and I hustled. And when I say I hustled, I meant I literally hustled. I went and told my buddies. Went door to door. I said, I mow grass. I'll cut you off $20. I'll pick your sticks up. I don't care. I'll do anything you want me to do in this yard if you'll pay me to do it. And that's how it started. And I've always been a really anal guy, meaning when I uh, do something, I I have to do it right or correctly or to the best of my ability so that I can sleep at night. That's just the guy I am. And I would do a good job on the yards. And they would say, hey, you need to call Pete and let him do your yard. He, he leaves it and it looks really good and all that. And it kind of escalated 
from there. And uh, it finally got to a point. Oh, and and here's another thing a lot of people don't know, and I've, I've never told this online, but my wife and I, when we first got married, we struggled financially pretty, pretty mm-hmm. hard. He was working. I was working at the gas company. When I got off of there, I had to go mow yards. I got a third job, and that was at night, going door to door like a door to door. Have you ever heard of the Cutco brand of knives? Oh yeah, the knives. Yeah, yeah. got yeah. one. Yes, they're like really yeah. nice, high end knives. I absolutely love them. I still have the block in there that I my demo. Block. <laughs> and, uh, they are great working. knives. Yeah, gas company during the day. When I got off work, mowed grass, and then at night I went and sold knives to people, my friends, and stuff like that. And I done it for a while until we got our money right, and and eventually the lawn care company started going up, and I get more and more and more yards, and I would tell the gas company I need to work less and less and less hours. So it was great that they worked with me like that. That was a, that was a huge blessing that they did that. So I grew my business and kind of faded the gas company thing out. And then all of a sudden we woke up one day and I was like, you know what? Let's look at the math. I bet you I ain't got to sell no more kitchen knives. And <laughs> I did. I quit selling kitchen knives and then I was officially self-employed. Then. Congratulations. The, Wasn't that a good uh, that's feeling? Best feeling we, in the world. We talk about being unemployable. And, uh, and, and, and there's a, a certain amount of time that passes where you realize like you really belong in the space of self-employment and the idea of going back to having the, the nine to rules, five, the restrictions, the, the polit the, the in office politics is just, it, it no longer fits your lifestyle, your, your psyche. Could you at this point go back to a nine to five or would you always find a way to hustle out of any kind of situation you found yourself in? You talking about me right now? Uh-huh. Current time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I doubt I'd ever go back. to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Unemployable. Yes. I love it. Welcome to the yes. club. We'll have, your, we'll have your badge out in the mail. We'll have your badge out in the mail next week. <laughs> I, I, I would go do something to provide for myself. I, I don't care. Whatever it might be, I'd, I'd make a way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Once you cross that threshold, there's, there's just no going back. And, and, you know, I think the first time you do it, right, you, um, there's, there's a mental barrier that I, that I feel like, and I, and I felt like this going into business for myself too. It seemed like younger, especially the idea of owning your own business seemed like this really daunting task. And, and you know, only, only special people can do it. Only rich people can do it or whatever. And I didn't realize that the only thing you have to do is just believe and then do something and you can make it a reality. Like you just, you have to keep moving forward. And, and Pete, and that's where I want to talk to you about this. Okay. You realize you're self-employed now and you have to make the decisions that are going to determine the future of your company. And I, and in, in my experience, or at least what I go through, um, uh, more so now than I, than I did then it was at first, you know, when you first get started, it's, it's hustling to survive. Right. And it's saying yes to make sure you've got, you've got cash coming in and then it becomes strategizing how you're going to grow. And I feel like that's the easiest place to make a mistake is making the wrong decision for growth. 
what were some of the decisions you made for growing that were good? And what were some of the decisions you made for growing that were not good? Great question. Hmm. I would say uh, I can remember sitting on the recliner and talking with my first employee. And he's also one of my best friends that I grew up with. And we were talking, how much will it take for you to come to work for me? You quit your job. He's been, he'd been working at this place for, I don't know, Lord knows how long, the factory. And um, we went back and forth on some things like that. And uh, finally, he said, yeah, I'm ready. I'll quit. And at that point in time, I was working so many hours during the day that I put lights on my my mower. I, at that point in time, I bought my first uh, Xmark 52-inch Laser Z. That go. was the old school deck that, that had a really, really good deck on it that cut really clean. And so I put lights on it, and I had a trailer park. Uh, that I mowed and I convinced them to let me mow it at nighttime because that was the only time I could get it mowed because I had some in the yard at that point in time. And I was still just mowing blow, make sure everything's clean, edged up at this point in time. And uh, I talked to my buddy and he come on board for me and with me. And that that was a huge moment, was that first employee. And he was he was relatively similar to me in that he was anal and he wasn't going to leave the job. So I got really lucky and started off with a really good employee for my very first one. And we just kind of, after that, it just kind of started branching off into, you know, getting more employees and that kind of thing. And so that was a, I'd say that was probably my best moment because it took all the burden off me. And now I've got another man going out and making money for the company and I don't have to make it all. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yep. That was, a, that was, a, that was a big deal uh, for me. Um, the worst thing I've ever done. I don't know, man. I've done a whole lot of bad things. I'd have to write all those down and itemize them. And say, <laughs> all let, all right, let, let me try I and narrow it down for you. Do you feel like it was uh, a mistake you made with a customer? Do you feel like it was a bad equipment purchase? Um, any any of those that you that you felt like if you had to redo it all over again, you would have you would have handled that differently? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, I got a good example for that. This is, I wouldn't say this is the number one worst thing, but if sure. I had to do it all over again, I would not buy diesel F. <laughs> you hear that you hear that henry clay ford all right that, that that's what I, I would not do i would i, I understand cab over gas trucks cab over gas trucks like the uh like the gmc cab over gassers Zuzu gmc uh-huh. yeah we've slowly been getting rid of the diesels and replacing them with the zuzus and that has been one of the absolute best decisions I've ever made in my company. You know, uh, why do you, he, uh, go ahead. it all depends on what I always say is how many hills you have to climb. Mm. Uh, you know, that's my thing because in, in my area, gasoline service vehicles have trouble making it uphill. And 
cannot keep up with freeway traffic. Can't get up the poly with the uh, with the with the gas or gas over cab there. Cab over gas. Cannot. Cannot. I've seen. I had great acceleration with my gasser. Um, I had. I had a GNC cab, GMC cab over at uh, at Fairway, and I, I had two different mm. ones. Neither of them were the were the Isuzu, but um, had no problem with them whatsoever. They had, I think, they had a 350 in them, and uh, I mean, just just a, a a wonderful, smooth ride. You know, the the, the diesel Isuzus, there's something about that that it's a bit like riding a wooden roller coaster. I don't know how else to describe it, but by the way, wooden. they mount the bed to the frame, you know, like normally mm. there's some big six by sixes on there that they're using to mount all that together. And it feels like a wooden roller coaster. When I moved to that gas, it felt like I was riding in a, in a, in a Cadillac STS and it was just, Oh man, <laughs> what a game changer that was. It, it was and good. I felt like I had the, the horsepower to make it up a hill versus the, the gas. And now granted my gasser days, I'm running, you know, 80s, 90s, uh, uh, I mean, in my, my diesel days, 80s, 90s, uh, Isuzu cab overs. And I even go back to my true green days, you know, where I'm running these manuals that, I mean, you just, you could not make it up a hill less than second gear. Uh, and, and, I mean, uh, uh, over, over third, over second gear. So you're cruising at 22 miles an hour, you know, but you're making it up the hill, but you got to go 22 to get up there. So. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of had a, a love hate relationship with the diesels. They ran great. Yeah, we, uh, we used it. I've been buying the Isuzu NPR. The gas yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Those are those are good vehicles. Those are good vehicles. What kind of outfits do you have on those, Pete? Like, how what's your what's your payload look like back there? Uh, two of them are like the flatbeds. Uh, one's like the. I want to say whatever the max is, is it 19 feet? I believe it's the mm-hmm. max length. One of them is that. And then the other one I bought from the city of Tampa Bay, Florida. I got an insane deal on it. They I bought it on eBay of all places. They <laughs> used to haul their mowers back and forth through the shop. It was a 2012 and it only had like uh 12,000 miles on it, I believe, 14,000 oh, miles. That's an incredible and, deal. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I give like 32 grand for it. So what? That was, wow. That was, that was a stupid yeah. buy. So I bought wow. it and I paid, paid somebody like 600 bucks from Florida to drive it up here. And when <laughs> I got it, it was like brand new. I'm like, holy cow, I got a good deal. And uh, <laughs> that one's like a 14-foot bed. Uh, with the landscape thing, you got the racks, uh, the box in the front and all. Okay. And the okay. other two is these, they're just a straight up uh, 14 foot flatbed, 14 by eight flatbed. They got spray tanks and stuff on it. What, uh, what spray haul. tanks do you run? What pumps? Uh, what's a, what's a typical spray truck outfit look like for you? Uh, they're Pete built. You ever okay. heard of that? Um, no, nope. I, I don't. I like, uh, I build them myself. Okay. I, when it man comes, man when it after my to, heart. Yeah, man after my heart right there. Yeah, when it comes down to the plumbing and the uh, the way the fluid flows in and out of different things, I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm an absolute nerd. Mm-hmm. I love that part of the spray business. And so I hand-built all of them. Uh, each truck's got a 500-gallon and a 250-gallon. They got uh, two hose reels. Mm-hmm. They got... Uh, 
two pumps, Honda with a cap of 43 gear reduction. And um, I have it plumbed up so that I can use one motor and pull off a 500, the other motor, pull off mm-hmm. a 250, and have their individual hose reels. Or one of the pumps I have it set up to where, let's say a technician's going out to, uh, we got some, some places out in the country in this neighborhood that the yard size is about two and a half acres per yard. They're massive. And so he needs a lot of liquid to go out there. So I plumbed it so that we can fill up 750 gallons. And he can go out to that one neighborhood and take care of everything out there with one fill up. So, you know, you turn a few valves and you can pull yep. off either or or pull off both of them. Yep. So when when I was at Fairway, I had a six hundred, uh, a split one hundred one hundred. Those so and I, I those were on two hose reels, right? So I could pull one hundred one hundred from one hose reel, six hundred from the other hose reel, and then I had a three way valve on that where I could pull, you know, from the first hose reel to the back tanks too, and then I had a hundred gallon drop tank that went to a third hose reel that sat underneath the top two hose reels. Uh, and that was just dedicated to that one. And I only ran tree shrub material through it because uh, at mm-hmm. that particular time in Augusta, 50% of my customers were also tree shrub customers. So while I'm out mm-hmm. doing my lawn route, you know, I'm not going to schedule a second route to come. If it, every other yard is a tree shrub, I'm not going to run a separate route for it while I'm out there. I might as well do it. And if I can, you know, do two grand in production that day, then all power to me. I'm going to get it done. Right. You know, du- double, double my stops. So, um, I, but I, I love that setup of, of flexibility and, and what a difference it makes to be able to pull one to have multiple hose reels, because there's a lot of times where, you know, if you're switching between your front tank and your back tank, and then you got to purge the line and maybe you got something in your back tanks that you don't want to cross contaminate and it just gets weird. <laughs> and then you're having to add blue dye to it just to gauge when you're, when you're, you know, fully switched over to your other tank or whatever, however you're using that to, to purge your line or, uh, uh, you know, you could just run off a separate ho- rose heel, uh, uh, hose reel. A, a good example of that is in May, that's when we start doing our preventative fungicides. We'll have our round three mix in the 500 gallon tank. And then we'll have our round three mix plus our fungicide, which we also start round one fungicide in May in the 250 tank. So that way, when they're going through the route, you know, here's a yard that gets you know the normal round three, and then here's the yard that gets round three plus fungicide, and all they got to do is change motors and grab the other hose reel. Yeah, yeah. That is yep. that, uh, that is the key to flexibility, right there. Mm-hmm. Very much so. We, Very much. I intentionally left the back of the bed open. I have all that crammed in front of the axle. And I left yep. the back part of the bed open so that we can stick a pallet of fertilizer on there for granted. So I could, I could stack, uh, I would have to stack. I couldn't fit a, with a forklift, a pallet back there because I also had the extension on the back of it uh, behind the rear axle where I housed my permagreen, right? And so <laughs> I was a little bit narrow above it, but I could fit a total of 40 bags on the back and, you know, run a strap across it. So it didn't fly everywhere as I'm driving, you know, wherever, but, 
Uh, I could get 2,000 pounds of fertilizer back there. It was heavy. I'm not going to lie. When you got when you got uh, uh, 800 gallons on the truck and you know a ton of fertilizer on the back, it, it feels a little squirrely when you're driving. Well, Matt, you know I'm an equipment nerd. If you had to take one guess, what's my favorite piece of equipment? Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm going to go way out on a limb here. I'm going to say it is. It is your agitation system in your tanks. <laughs> No, it's my tow motor. <laughs> my forklift. My forklift. It's not a Ventrack. It's not an API. My forklift is my favorite piece of equipment. Because oh, Lord, I yes. to, dude, I yeah. used to have to get a uh, ride down the street about a uh, about a quarter mile or so, a little over a quarter mile, when trucks of product would come in and I would borrow my buddy's tow motor. I would drive it down the street. It didn't matter if it's raining. It didn't matter if it's freezing cold or blistering hot. And I'd done that for years and years and years. And I, it was miserable. And then finally, I got to the point where I had my money saved up. And I bought my own forklift, my own tow motor. And it was just, it was the greatest thing ever, man. I didn't have to go down the road to borrow it. I could just load whatever I wanted to load when I wanted to load it. And your you know your shop organization, all that goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is that is called just fantastic because you know what, Matt, this speaks to Pete kind of thinking because you know at the companies that I used to work for, you know what I wish those guys had a forklift. A forklift. Yes. <laughs> yes. A, a darn forklift. I mean, you see, that would have saved so much time and so many workplace injuries. Because you see, it never ends well when people are moving around by hand things that are bigger than they are and heavier than they are. Never ends well. You know what? You you get the you get the the iron the iron strong man to uh, to to handle that part of the work for you. <laughs> there is there is something that I will never forget, and I mean I can't say much. I still stack bags of fertilizer, uh, really for a living, uh, but. Uh, throwing them on the truck at the end of the day when it's like 8.45 at night and you just want to go home and you want to go ahead and get it ready so you can sleep in an extra 15 minutes to get out uh, and not have to worry about loading your truck in the morning. That that Those last 10 bags of the night, getting them on your truck, is there's something very defeating about that. And I, I, I do not miss that feeling. Uh, is a is a... It's a tough one. <laughs> All right. Many bags of fertilizer on the back of the truck. It is not fun. Pete, so you you you've got you've got these spray trucks now. So um when when did you decide that you were going to be a spray company? When did that start? All right. Um we were at about this was probably fifteen to 16 maybe 17 years ago and we were at about four employees i believe 
I think I was running two maintenance or mowing type crews mm-hmm. and uh, I went and played around the golf and uh, it was just me by myself. I just wanted to get away and I was on the tee and I I drove, I hit, hit my driver and hit into the guy in front of me. Actually, I hit it over him and didn't didn't realize he was there because it, uh, it was a little bit of a heel. I got up there, talked to him, apologized, and blah, blah, blah. We ended up playing the round of golf in, the rest of the round in. And he got to, we just, you know, making conversation. I didn't know the guy. his new new buddy of mine. And he was talking about how he despised mowing his grass. And I was like, huh, well, I'll mow it for you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Any, anybody said mow grass, I was like, I'm your man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it better than anybody else on the block. So um, uh, he said, sure, come on over, look at it. And we went into a gated community in one of the richer parts of Greensboro. Because I didn't even know that. Uh, he just gave me an address and I showed up and rolled up. And Matt, this house looked like a castle in Scotland. And, uh, <laughs> probably, oh yes it was probably it's probably a two or three million dollar massive and um uh i give him my price he said yeah roll with it and that was my first you know high-end account is what i call it and as we got into that account he he wanted the grass to look better he didn't want any weeds i was like I don't know how the heck to do that. So I called the big national boys and said, Hey, how about you go spray and you do your thing on this grass and I'll keep cutting it. Well, we did that for about six or eight months and it just, things didn't look any different. Matter of fact, they started looking worse. I thought. Mm -hmm. And so that's when it just clicked in my mind. I was like, you know, heck with paying these dudes. I'm going to go do it myself. And so I mm-hmm. went and got my, you know, the proper licensing and all that. And then I just started talking to this guy, talking to that guy. You know, that was that was back before the internet was really jamming like it is yeah. now. So I didn't have access to all of that online information. And so it was a lot of, you know, going to, you know, the fertilizer store and say, give me that fertilizer right there. And I'd go try it and I'd see what happens. And basically, when I say I'm self-taught, that's kind of how all that played out is, you know, I'll go buy a product and put it on some grass and see what happened. Yeah. I liked it. And then I would compare it to what this other guy told me he did. And, and you know, it just went boom from there. And um, we the maintenance shards, we would do the treatments on them. And then... I can't remember where I was, but I specifically remember a dude coming up to me and saying, hey, I know you guys mow this yard and take care of this yard. I enjoy mowing. I want to keep mowing it, but I want you to make my grass look like his grass. And I said, okay, well, how about I'll just work you up a little program and I'll do the, the fertilized weed control on your grass and you mow it. I'll let you know when I'm coming and all that. And brother, when that happened, it went boom. And because uh, you know that was that's fifteen years or so ago before everybody and the brother was doing it. And mm-hmm. I just I stepped, in my area, I stepped in at the right time, and it just it went bonkers from there. 
Neat, so neat. you go yeah. you go into this. You've got you got you're picking up you're picking up lawn accounts. Um, it's starting to grow. You're becoming a furt and squirt company. Well, you now you're really a full service maintenance company, right? Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me about your first hire for furt and squirt, and what what that looked like. Did you have an idea of what kind of employee you were looking for? Were you hiring on personality? Were you hiring on technical ability? Um, you know, what, what were you looking for and what did you get? Um, number one, by the way, that first yard, the, the Scotland mansion, we're still doing that yard today. And it, are you uh, kidding me? That, yeah, that's, that's been a great customer from that one customer. He, he obviously had a big mouth because he told a bunch of his buddies. You know, a, bunch <laughs> of, a bunch of his he, buddies started calling me. So now we're like got a bunch of yards inside that one really rich neighborhood. Um, Pete, uh, I, got, I got to ask you, how many how many years ago was that? Um, I'm going to say that somewhere around uh, 12, 13, 14 years ago is when it really, really started taking off. Well, well, because I kind of have a similar story, except in reverse. Because up until about 2010, what if I told you that I never mowed, ever? Never mowed. I was strictly a spray guy. I'd say you're pretty smart. No, no, but then here's though, Pete, where it started going sideways on me is that in order for what I did with the grass to really justify the cost and to produce the results, the mowing had to be totally on point. It totally had to be on point. And as of like starting in about 2009 or so, 2010, I've actually had people tell me, you know what? Uh, My grass doesn't look that great. I'm paying somebody to mow and I'm paying you to treat it. And I know that the grass always has to be mowed no matter what. So I'm going to have to let you go. And Mm. that is when I had to kind of make a decision and I was at the crossroads where, okay, I'll do it. But you know how you said anal and maybe even a little bit obsessive? Mm -hmm. I think that would be me too. I I think that's everybody on this panel. Let's, (laughs) Let's be honest. Uh, the reason we all congregate and, and talk the way we do is because, uh, we're definitely anal and I, I would not say a little bit obsessive. I would say a uh, hyper obsessive as a matter of fact. And yeah. Ray on your mowing talk, I got to throw this in there. That's my number one, absolute number one thing that ticks me off more than anything mm-hmm. about a customer is they don't take my advice on how to mow and how mm-hmm. frequent to mow and when mm-hmm. not to mow. We'll, <laughs> oh. we'll have, in the neighborhood, 
and we will mm-hmm. have two non-irrigated yards side by side. My company does the treatments on both of them, but my company mows one of them and the homeowner mows the other one. In the middle of the summer, when it's dry, no rain, they look night and day different. Totally and completely. It don't even look like Pete treats this yard or anybody does. It could look that bad. <laughs> but simply the way we mow and the way we don't mow when the turf is stressed out right. makes a drastic difference. And I can't, I can't get customers to understand that simple, basic concept. I can't get them to understand. Oh, yeah. You know, Pete, that is something where not everybody gets it, not everybody understands, because just last month, I actually had to let somebody go. And the reason why I let them go is because they wanted somebody else to do the mowing. But here's the deal. I would allow that. However, that mowing person had to be able to follow my instructions, do what I say to do, how to do it, without going off into his own tangents and doing it how it always has been done. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one that gets the phone calls about the burned out areas and the brown areas. And so because that was not, you know, part of the deal, I said, okay, you know what? Uh, I don't think so. I really don't think so because... Your your mowing guy, there is no way in the world he can come up to my level. Okay, there's no way in the uh, world he's, he's going to come up to my level. It's not dude, happening. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that is your truck. That is your logo. That is your reputation sitting in front of that house. And it you know, has Pete, to look a certain way, period. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, there's Pete. No I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I get it. And I guess you get it, too, in that I tell people, there are certain things to where if the lawn looks a certain way, I don't want to be caught at your house when the lawn looks like that. Is that absolutely? I really, I okay. More. I don't want to caught, I don't want to be caught at your house because, because here's the thing, you know, because here's the thing too, is that there's other big lawn companies, whatever. And we all know each other, right? Because Honolulu is a very small place. So everybody knows everybody, and there are certain things that I don't want to be seen in front of or to be associated with. Real, real, real question here, because uh, I can admit I've had to do this several times, but how many times have you treated a yard and you were like, you know what, I'm going to put a flag in the backyard, not in the front yard, so no one saw I treated this yard? <laughs> I've had to do that before. Shame. Hey, the, the wind blew the flag down the road. <laughs> I'll get I'm you on the next one, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm just as passionate about crepe myrtles. I believe a notches crepe myrtle should look a certain way. It should not be chainsawed mm-hmm. and butchered. And no. About five or six years ago, this customer, he's a full maintenance customer, great payer, never had any issues with him. Come February, he said, 
uh, I want you guys to cut this crepe myrtle back. I was like, well, we'll come in there and nitpick a little bit and trim it up so it looked good. Uh, he said, no, I want to cut back. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't want my truck sitting in front of your driveway with a butchered crepe myrtle. <laughs> so we come back the next week, and my, my guys hit me up and said, hey, uh, he got somebody else to cut this crepe myrtle back. And it was literally – it went from a 20-foot beautiful, gorgeous tree down to an eight-foot pile of stubs. Stick. Nope. I, Stick. No. I said, brother – you're fired. I am not. Uh, I can't do it. I told you I was going to do it the correct way. My truck is. And I, I ain't lying. This is a true story. I fired the customer right then, right there. I said, hey, it's all good. It's your house. You take care of the correct motor how you want to. But my truck is not going to sit in the driveway with that, with that mess right there. And so we, we okay. parted ways. Pete, I mean, I. You know, you know what? A man after my heart, because I've told people at various points in time, you know, here's what's going to happen is I'll do the best I can for you. But if you're not on board, if we don't believe each other, or if I should find that anything other than your footsteps is on this lawn, I'm out of here. Plain and simple. I'm out of here. I think I, mean, I think just <laughs> I think this is a perfect way to bring this back together. Like, okay, so you know, we we have our own critical thresholds when it comes to what we will accept from our customers, right? And it's and a lot of that is gonna be that, you know, we Hell we want yeah. to exert a certain amount of control over our final product, right? Um I would say we probably want to exert a lot of control over our final product because, again, that's our reputation. That's our sign in the yard. Uh, and I think a lot of that also parlays into the way we sell what we do, not just to uh, customers, but what we sell to employees as well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back to here. Pete, talk to me about your first spray hire and what what that looked like, how that worked out. Best of my knowledge, this is kind of how that happened. I kept, I was in the spray truck myself. I was doing okay. all the spraying by myself, dragging the hose. I kept seeing this guy in another spray truck, the national company. And um, we would talk a little bit here and there. And then I would, you know, say, hey, and it'd be cool if you come on and work for me, man. And, you know, you know just kind of casual conversation. Yeah. And he ended up, name's Jacob. And he ended up coming to work for me. And he actually is, you know, my, my head guy now still. And, um, you know, he had experience. And when I went out with him, you know, he he done things just a little bit different. That's probably kind of the way that he was taught. And I had my own way of doing things. So, you know, I kind of got him going that direction, how I wanted things done. And to this day, I mean, he, he is – He's a godsend, man. I'm telling you, he's he's a, a super, super good friend of mine. And then he's an incredible worker as well. And he does his job super good. Um, he's always at work. You know, that that's a that's a big thing. And that's a real big deal right now in the time we're living in. Is show up to work. 
You know what I'm saying? Just show Did, up. Well, how complex of a topic is that? And and what's strange is that we're having that conversation because it's become so complex. What were you going to say, Demay? No, I mean it, it, the 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 showing up, the physical presence even isn't enough anymore, right? Like you got to be mentally checked in, locked in, and especially on our side of it, right? Because you're either running dangerous equipment or you're spraying dangerous chemicals or you know, uh, Pete, like you said, your name's on that truck and that, that person's, you know, texting on their phone, smashes into somebody in a truck. Like, there's so much. There's so many more things now, I think, that can go wrong and so much more scrutiny that that, that whole mental piece, right, that people are bought in. And so, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just curious of, you know, you, you hire a bunch of people, right, over the course of your company's uh, history you know, if you had to boil it down of, hey, I've got to see these three things. I, I, you know, I call them non-negotiables. And if I don't see, you know, some of these things, you know, or all these things, really, it's just not, it's not worth my time. It's not worth that other person's time. So, you know, just, you know, one or two word descriptions of each, like, what are those things, you know, that you're looking for in that person? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, obviously, well, just say it, you got to show up. Before you can get mm-hmm. mentally checked in, you have to physically be at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You mean I can't work from home and spray? Come on, Pete. Negative. <laughs> Come on, Pete. You're cramping yeah. my style, man. You mean I got to put pants on to come spray? Jeez. <laughs> oh. oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm going. Go on. Go on. Yeah. That... Uh, uh, dependability first. Got to be. Yep. There. Yep. Um, Two, you have to be a competent person, okay? When when we hire somebody for the mowing side or the maintenance side, it's a lot different than when you hire somebody for spraying side. Um, yes, mm-hmm. definitely. I, I'm not going to say almost anybody can run a lawnmower, but almost anybody <laughs> can run a lawnmower, okay? I can teach people how to mow and not tear grass up and all that kind of thing, but you're patient with them, and they'll, they'll get the job done, get it done right. But the spray side, like you said, you got some chemicals and, and you can literally go out and fry somebody's yard if you don't know exactly what you're doing. So you have to be competent. You know, someone with com- good common sense. Um, mm. And uh, the third part of that, I would say a detailed person. Someone, someone who is highly detailed. And they don't have to be detailed away from work. I don't care what you do away from work, but when you're on my time and I'm paying you money, I, I, I want a detailed person, meaning don't cut the corners. When you spray, you spray all the way out to the asphalt. You don't mm-hmm. cut that corner and round it off and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd have to go with those three things, dependable, common sense, uh, and, you know, mentally there and, uh, some detailed, uh, characteristic would be required as well one of the things so, i noticed about I, I i'll let you go in just a second debate is one of the things yeah, i yeah. noticed about hiring people from specifically from the national companies was telling them to slow down relax you need to chill out uh and, and even uh, i remember having to be told that as well when i moved from true green to fairway lawns my boss telling me like one you need to calm down 
Two, you need to do something outside of work besides work. Like, you hit your number, you come in, go home, and take your mind off work. Quit being a weirdo. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, again, (laughs) that obsessive, compulsive thing that we have. That's the boss's job. We take the job home most of the time. and We do Mm -hmm. all the worry. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And, hey, Mr. Ferguson had a great point right there, and that that is absolutely true. Integrity. Uh, I yeah. think they call uh, yeah. it ghosting. Is it called ghosting loans? Where oh man, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I sprayed that yard, but then they go do something else with the material. That is a major, major deal. That's a big deal. Thank you for bringing that up, Mr. No, Ferguson, it's that. That's big. It is, it's a, it's especially a huge you know. Deal. It, 15 years ago, you know, nobody had cameras out in front of their house, but now, I mean, damn near everybody has got a camera. Yep. Oh, hey, I noticed your guy just got out of the truck, put the, you know, uh, put the treatment slip in the door and stuck the sign in the yard, and he was on his way. So, yeah, that's the integrity That is thing. so unacceptable, and that is someone who, who doesn't just need to not be employed there. He needs to get out of the industry, period. 100% out of the industry. And I challenge everybody who's listening right now that is a business owner, or even if you're not a business owner and you work for one of these companies and you come across someone that's like that, don't don't just encourage them to leave the company. Encourage them to leave the industry. Find something else. Get out of here. Those people are are the, the bane of the, the – when we talk about the weakest links uh, and, how, and how we need to purge them, they need to get out out and i'm being incredibly harsh about that but it just it chaps my rear end to no end because it takes one of those it takes one of those people to create a bad name for a decade worth of good work all it takes is one one person doing that one time and it's unacceptable i got one worse for you i got one worse for you guys (laughs) we're going down the rabbit hole yeah here it comes i i no because i I have experience with this where I once worked in the same company as somebody that stole Pete. Mm. Kid you not, he stole. And from, the, from a house he was treating? No, 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 Matt. Okay, I was wondering why back in back this was back in the 1990s. I was running short on image for SL. Uh-huh. And just so that you guys know, back then, image for SL was about $500 a gallon. Oh, so he was black marketing it. Oh, man. <laughs> or, or, or whatever, or whatever. I mean, this guy was kind of helping him helping himself and it's like and the reason why that became important is because hey one i need the material to do what i'm supposed to do and number two uh i didn't pay for it and number three uh old boy is siphoning from the company (laughs) well and i mean that's the thing is there's there's just there's so many ways yeah. to get taken advantage of. So, so here's my question to that, Pete, and I got to follow up to this one. But you just talked about those three non-negotiables for you. 
how do you tease that out in an interview or a conversation? How do you know? And and good I guess question. Well, no, I'm it's a good question, but it's also mm-hmm. what is your strategy? Do you? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, my first hire, I knew the guy for 15 years before, and you know, I I knew this person up and down fully and trusted him implicitly, still do to this day. And so I'm just curious of. What is that like for you? Has that changed over the years where, you know, it used to be you can go out and get employees off the street and get some pretty decent folks, right? And now it's so cutthroat for competition. Can you tease out those things in a short conversation or do you have to really like still get to know somebody over the course of, you know, weeks, months, whatever, before you're ready to say, okay, hey, you can come be a part of GCI Turf because I know that you're you're legit. How has that worked and has it changed at all with this, We'll call it the current climate. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely it's changed. Okay. Okay. Drastically for us. Meaning I still go through the same process. I you know, if somebody wants a job, talk to them, get a scoop, you know, what they've done, what they know. I try to dig in a little bit on their personal life just to kind of mm-hmm. pull some conversation to kind of see what kind of person they are. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to make a gut decision based on your conversations with them. Uh, here, here recently in the past, I don't know, several, several years, I've actually, uh, pulled them in and walked people around the shop. Saying, this yeah. is what this does. This is what this does. What do you know about this? You know, different equipment and stuff like that. And try to get a real good feel for them. At the end of the day, you know, you get the, you know, your gut, Instinct says, okay, let's hire this guy. And then that's where the rubber meets the road. And yep. you find out if everything they told you is true. Um, <laughs> I never, ever send a new employee out by themselves, ever. I spray guys oh, yeah, train for an extensive amount of time, uh, usually a couple of months. Uh, a couple of months? Yes. Yes. I train Train for uh, uh, any anywhere from forty five to sixty days. They're they're with uh, Jacob, or either they go out with me. Son, just to interject, uh, to put that into perspective, that typically in corporate lawn care, you are going to have anywhere from three, maybe ten days in a truck <laughs> with someone else. Maybe. Oh, I, I, hey, maybe. I got something better than that. When I hired Jacob, if if. Uh, <laughs> I remember my memory serves me right. He said the first day on the job, they give him a route sheet and hold held the gun and said, "You wave it back and forth and you walk the whole yard." Oh Lord! Ah, this this hurts. Oh goodness! Uh, My goodness! I apologize, but I'm pretty dang sure that's what he told me. Um, Wow! Wow! Here's something that really pisses y'all. When you spend thousands of dollars in payroll training a person, and then the, here comes the day that they're supposed to get their own truck, and they quit. Uh. That happened to me one time this year. I trained the boy for really? two months, paid all his payroll. But say, I'm not making no money on him training. No, when you got two in a truck, you're not making money. 
And and when he's actually doing the spray and training under Jacob, I'm not making any money on Jacob. And got him ready. He got ready to get in the truck and then quit cold turkey. No week, no two week notice, no nothing. Livid. Absolutely. I, my temper got the best thing. I just it just really burns me raw. Uh, I can understand that, man. And that's so he, okay. So th- that's a great segue into my next question is. And, and you've been in it long enough now that you've seen this. I mean, the world goes round, right? Keeps going round and round. And so, as it keeps spinning here, does it spin more towards, okay, you know what? I don't need to have 10, 12 guys on the road. You know what? I'm going to get the five best guys I can, gals, whatever. And you know what? We're going to focus on our people. The guy that is going to trust me every time I say, hey, I'm going to trim the crepe myrtle that way. I'm going to fire everybody who doesn't fit my mold. And I'm going to rake and I'm just going to take care of all those people. And I'm going to live a a healthy, comfortable, happy life. I'm going to make enough money. My employees are going to be well taken care of. We're going to have new equipment when we need it and do all that. Do you think, and I'm not saying about you specifically, I'm just saying talk more broadly because I know you talk to a ton of people all over the country just like we do. Do you think it's going to go that way? Because people are like, well, what's the point in expanding and just having this, you know, uh, you know, rule that wheel of employees coming into my business each year and just going right back out and I keep losing money. Is it, is it going to go that way or what do you think is going to happen? I guess. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's already happened. To me. I'm, I'm, I it? was there last. Yes. Yes, sir. Ray. I was there last July. It got so frustrating for me trying to find the employees. I have one dude in a spray truck. It worked for me two, possibly three years. He was at work all the time. He'd done his job all the time. Is just an incredible employee. Good dude. Out of the blue, quit. No warning, no nothing. Quit cold turkey and didn't wow. even have it bought. Didn't he? He had a company credit card, keys to the shop, all that. Didn't even have the balls to come tell me. He give the company credit card and the keys to it to Jacob for another employee and said, "Go tell Peter." Oh. Oh, my God. Day. My goodness. All right. I was on the maintenance crew, done the exact same thing. Just never never come back to work, no no notice, no nothing. And uh, when that two, when those two things happened, I just got to thinking. I was like, it just ain't worth the stress. It ain't worth it. Yeah. No, it, it, it is not. For real. Point, yeah. And at that point in time, we were well over a 1,000 yards. And mm-hmm. I just, I just, I don't know if I want this. And my YouTube thing was going crazy and I was super busy with that. And I was wanting the local company to do its own thing so I could focus online. And I finally said, screw it. I'm done. I told my wife, my wife works the front desk at the office, her and Sadie. I said, Tammy, we're not taking no more new customers. Starting, yep. and this was July of last year. I said, we're mm-hmm. not hiring nobody new, and we're not taking no more new customers. And since then, my stress level has went from way up here down to here. And that's because I'm not dealing with people quitting on me all the time. And the funny thing is, and if they, if y'all watching, I ain't talking junk about you, but both of them called <laughs> Nasper. Both of them have called Nasper a job back. I told both of them, you know, said, you no. burnt that bridge. You should have respected me more. Yeah, you know what, Pete? That is likewise how 
I deal with these former customers in that the way I feel is like, if I wasn't good enough for you the first time, what makes you think I'd be good enough for you the second time? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I do not like, I, I don't like revolving. I, I don't like revolving doors and like groundhog day. You know, yeah, like Groundhog Day. Yeah, you remember that, right? It's it's like it's like every day is the same day. It's like no, 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 we're not doing that. And the reason why I go back to this is I get asked to expand and you know go big. And my answer to that every time, Pete, has been no, absolutely not. And the reason why is because. I don't want to deal with that because that is going to take away from what my actual focus is, is doing what I know how to do in the most capable and you know competent way possible. I don't want to deal with people where after I've showed them everything, taught them everything, they up and leave. And me- yeah. Let me ask you like this. I know for me, you know, losing losing a lawn customer was something that would affect me for days, typically. Like I would replay <laughs> every interaction weeks, I had weeks, with the customer. Weeks. We know. Sometimes some some I'm not over, to be honest. I'll be I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest. I haven't I haven't treated a yard in many, many years, and I'm I'm still bitter about some of the customers I lost. Uh Would you equate that feeling (laughs) to the same thing as when you have uh, an employee uh, disappear, literally disappear like that? Not because, hey, I'm making a career change or, hey, I got a better offer or, hey, I just this is not the industry I want to be in. But when when they give a credit card to someone else and they're like, I'm not they say nothing. They just never show up again. (laughs) <laughs> uh no it's a different level for me because uh i i i take uh back to other people very seriously and I, I try to look for i'm the boss but i have to look at it from a different viewpoint from not being the boss if i worked and matter of fact i can say this every single job i've ever worked in public i have went to that boss and when I said, hey, I got another job, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work two, possibly three weeks for you. I'm going to give you everything I have these two or three weeks. So then that will give you time to you know, find somebody else. And that's just the way I grew up. That was that's what I was taught. Thing. Yeah, that is a respect, a respect thing. thing that you give the employer time or, or not even just time to replace you. Just out of basic respect, because the way I look at it, if I were working for a man, that dude is feeding my family. Mm-hmm. He's putting food in my children's mouth. He's putting the house over top of my head or his company is. And there has to be a certain level of respect that goes along with that. It has to be, period. And, and, tr- and trust that, and all those things. Yeah. When I mean, you yep. just get shoved under the rug and say, screw it, I'm leaving. That that's that's a failure of mine because it really burns me. It makes me incredibly hot when that happens. Yeah, I just I can't I can't 
can't deal with it. So that is as far as losing the customers down here. When 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 an employee does me dirty like that, uh, it it just it's a whole other level for me. It, yeah, yeah, that that is just incredibly painful because I know when I left what I left, I gave a lot of advance notice, a lot, mm. and it it was just a matter of like you. Like you say, Pete, respect. I mean, because that's how I was brought up, too, to have a certain amount of respect for other people. And it is just amazing to me how, in this day and age, that has just basically gone and vanished. And, you know... What's even more horrifying to me is how people leave their jobs under the kind of circumstances that you're experiencing, and then they have the nerve to then put their former employer on blast on social media. I've, I've, I've heard of that, like, like all of these you know, horrible horrible things where i'm like i I'm, I'm, you know i'm not a perfect employer but i will mm -hmm. say this and and you can go to any of my guys and ask them right now i'm a different employer i absolutely love my guys genuinely i care for them i care for their families i want them to make as much money as they can possibly make so they can do anything and everything they ever want to do. I let them borrow my equipment. They can take it whenever they want to. Uh, <laughs> I, I bought employees refrigerators. I paid debt off for them. I have uh, given them money time and time and time again outside of payroll to help them get past tough times. Anything that your brother would do for you, that's what I've done for my employees. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm sounding like I'm tooting my horn right here, but I'm no, trying to make no. a point. No, I'm not at all. When, when you no, go man, above I... beyond and you do all that extra stuff, that there are no rules that say you have to do that other than uh, the way you live at your faith. There's no, there's no uh, worldly rules to doing that. But when you do that and then you still get burned, it just, you know, your flesh takes over sometimes and you just, it makes you, it makes me so hot. I could, I could rip an oak tree out of the ground. I, you know, I, I'll say this and I, I completely get that. I, I do. And I get those same feelings. And I mean, it, you know, it's, you're, you're the guest. I mean, I'm just sitting here and talking, but it's, uh, I look at it as this is like, Hey, you know what? Uh, it, life is all about timing, right? And there is a certain time period that you have the right team together, and you know, just like in sports or anything else, like it it goes away, right? For whatever reason, for reasons outside your control, maybe sometimes totally in your control, but you have to fight through that and and pick yourself up and say, hey, you know, we've got another opportunity to bring a good person in here. That person, their time was up for whatever reason. I can't change that. And it's it's hard, man. That, that that whole like idea of radical acceptance, I think, is what they call it in the in the self help books and stuff. Yeah. But it's this, it, it, it's tough. So, 
you know, on that GC, in that say this, GC turf is not the greatest job in the world. Okay, it's a good job. <laughs> it's a good job for our neck of the woods in the lawn care industry. I consider it the best job in our in my neck of the woods in the lawn care industry. I have you never you control. Huh? I said you control what you control, and that's good. You make it the yeah, me, exactly. make it the best it can be. I have never. And I will never down another man for bettering himself. I I cannot tell you how many employees we've been through and, and the respectful ones come to me and say, Hey, uh, I got a different job. I'm going to go back and I'm going I'm to do this. I'm making more money. I got benefits. I got this, that, and the other. And I am 100% of the time encouraging it to happen. I want you to better yourself as a person to help your family to grow, to make more money, whatever it is. I'm all for it. You have my support 100% of the time. If you need them to call me, I will give you an exceptional reference. And so I don't, I don't want it to sound like it's all people quitting and, you know, for no reason. And I'm all mad about it all the time. The flip side of that is when, the, when it does go down right, I'm I'm in support of it 100% because I want I want the man to better himself and to better his family and if that means not working for GCI Turf and working a different job I'm 100% for it. You, yeah, and I, I, I always go go, go go ahead go ahead to me. You want me to go? Oh uh, okay. uh, uh, you go. You go. You go. <laughs> I'm just going to say that one comment real quick. I'm just going to say that I always felt like uh the people that went out and got better jobs, even if like maybe they did, they weren't fully invested, they didn't like it, they were getting into a different side of the industry or, you know, going outside the industry, whatever. I always feel like it still helped them find their path, right? Like there was, you know, there was something good that came of it that, hey, they either tried this and they didn't like this, or they tried this and they loved it and they wanted to improve themselves and go be, you know, a manager somewhere, go, you know, do something else that you know offer more money, more responsibility, whatever. And so I always look at that as you know, a positive, right. You know, in your case, right. That you help them on that path to wherever that, you know, that, that ascension is taking them right. Uh, in their career, in their life. And so uh, you got to look at it positively. I, and I, I think you are, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, I like your viewpoint on that. So Matt, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go for it. No, you're good. Um, I, I, I'm, I've got so many emotions over this and, uh, and, you know, some of it yeah. is, I, I see a, a lot of people talk right. about, do what? I said, you have emotions? No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know <laughs> that's, me. And that's why hey, we, we had to talk to him about wearing those sleeveless t-shirts because it shows <sighs> off that massive chip on his shoulder, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I wear it proudly. Um, so there is, there's, there's a couple things going through my head here. You know, I, I see a lot of people commenting about, about culture and, uh, and I try not to pay attention to, um, uh, the, the, the comments when we have a guest on, but, uh, I will say that there is, there is some truth to the culture thing. There's no doubt about it. And, and, uh, a, a lot of it, actually, I will say there's a, there's a lot of truth to culture. And as you have, um, when you've been in business for as long as, as Pete has, culture is established and you either fit into that culture or you don't. And where, where it gets it gets frustrating is is that when people do fit into the culture and then all of a sudden they have some sort of wig out in their personal life and they and they and they lose sight of reality, I feel like. 
And 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 I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of kind of flip this back to an experience I had where um, there was a guy who uh, worked worked for us at Carbon Earth and uh, and he I was talking to him one day and he had been showing a lot of good promise and uh, and so I I just kind of pulled him off to the side I was talking to him one day and asking you know what do you what do you what do you want to do do you want to work in a factory your whole life what do you want to do and he was like man I want to be the next Gary Vaynerchuk. I was like, really? Like that's that's what you <laughs> want to do? V. Yeah, he's like, man, there's just something about when Gary V gets going, I get I get fired up. I want to do that. And I was like, how how can I help you become Gary Vaynerchuk? And he's like, I, I don't know, man. I I know what I need to do is I need to I need to start talking to a camera. And I was like, perfect. Let me. I said, how about this? How about you become the Gary Vaynerchuk of of carbon and i was like and i don't care who you make mad uh for, for putting a camera in their face i don't care i was like as as long as like if you remember at the end of the day that whatever it is that you're going to put in someone's face you have to always make it positive and and uh and i want you to remember that you work for a fertilizer company too and and you are an extension of that fertilizer company i said so i'm going to buy a camera and i'm going to put it in your hands and i'm going to give you every tool you need to become the Gary Vaynerchuk of Carbon and build your own personal brand using uh, our our outreach and our and our our company presence, and and it was very difficult at first because the guy was nervous to start recording and stuff, and I would stay in his ass, you know, get out there and just record because I promise if once you start doing it, it'll it'll come natural to you, but you just got to make that first step, and he started. And and it was funny. I was going back reviewing the footage, and I was like, "This is all good stuff right here." And I I actually cut it up into a small video for him, and I sent it to him. And I was like, "This is just some simple editing I put on this. You know, take a look at." He's like, "Man, that's amazing." Um, you know, it it did turn out a lot better than I thought it was going to. And um, he had some trouble in his personal life one day that I kind of got wind of. And, uh, and I was like, it's all noise. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, whatever we can do to help you through this, just let us know. And I was like, even if I have to do it personally, I don't care because you're going to be the next Gary Vaynerchuk. You got to do this. And, uh, and you know, instead of, instead of looking at that as an opportunity to change his own at-home culture, his own personal cycle that he's dealing with at, 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 at home, I, he fell victim to it and was like, you know what? No, I think, I think, I think I need to stop working. Like that was the logical step to him was I need to step away from this right now. Like, and it it doesn't even make sense. And I don't want to get into too much on the personal stuff, but there was, um, uh, some non like it's, it's legal issues, but nothing that had to do with like jail or anything like that. Right. Um, and, and simple stuff that could be taken care of. And, and for whatever reason, and I don't know, is it is it education? Is it town culture? Because we were in a small town. But the next logical step was to give up on the job. And I'll never understand that. And that's one of those that sticks with me. And, and I, I'll say I didn't feel mad about that. But the, the level of hurt I felt, about, I felt about that, it freaked me out. And then I wanted him to feel the same level of hurt I did. And, uh, and, you know, I was not a good person about it. And, you know, like, for instance, when I went to get the camera back and he was a little slow on getting it to me, um, you know, I called the sheriff's department right away. And I was like, I'm going to give this guy until two o'clock to put it in my hand. And if he doesn't, uh, then I'm going to start, I'm going to press charges because it's a, it's a $1,500 camera, you know? 
And, uh, and then after I made that phone call, I called him, he didn't answer. Uh, but he apparently checked the voicemail because he, he dropped it off with someone who dropped it off to me. But, um, you know, and, and it's, it's it's hard to say, you know, I, I, Pete, I can never blame you for getting mad in those situations because when you not just invest monetarily, but you invest emotionally, um, uh, uh, spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally in, into people. And, uh, and that, that, that level of logic and, and, uh, just weirdness of decision-making that falls into people's minds is so far beyond your control that, you know, it makes, <laughs> it makes rational people do irrational things that they wouldn't normally do. That's not normally part of their personality because what just happened made absolutely no sense. So anyway, I just want to say, that, I that's one of the hardest thing. I've, gotten, I've gotten better at it over the past four or five years, but that was, that's always been one of the hardest things for me to do. Separate me being the boss and me being the friend. It's, it's incredibly difficult for me to do that because I'm just the guy who's like, hey, let's go to drag strip, man. Come on, let's go do this. Let's go shoot guns. <laughs> I don't even think that I'm your employer. I don't even think of it that way. I, and I tell my guys constantly, I'm your friend first. Then I'll be your boss. I'll be your boss second. I'm going to be your friend first. And talking about your whole culture thing, I got my own uh, – theory on that or ideas. I think it is not necessarily culture, but I think it goes back to the the individual home. And I think it goes back to the individual daddy in the in the home and and how they discipline their child and how they teach them uh this is right, this is wrong, we respect this, we don't we don't do this, you know, whatever. You know where I'm going with that. And the reason I say that is I have two guys on my maintenance crew. They're both, uh, gosh, I think they're both like 10 years older than me. They're older. Uh, I'm not calling them older, but they're older than me by six. Oh, eight, they're eight. old. Get out of here. I, Pete, I, I know how old you are. They're old. And, and here's, oh, the, <laughs> here's the point I'm making. Those two guys will work the skin off of their hand mm-hmm. to make GCI turf, all it can be. They uh, one of one of them's been with me for almost fifteen years. He he's he he was my second employee I hired and still with me. And they will literally work the skin off their hand to make sure the company is successful. You don't find that anymore. No, that's old school teaching. That when they grew up, where they grew up, their mom and their daddy whooped them when they didn't do something right. And they disciplined them. They taught them to do this the right way. When you do your job, you go at it with everything you got. And I just don't think that's taught to kids anymore. Um, I'm guilty. We live in a we live in a different day and age where we all have these now, these little things right mm-hmm. here. I am as guilty as anyone else. And but at the same time. You have to take that time with your kids and teach them uh, respect, right and wrong, work ethic, things like that. Uh, my son uh, is in high school. He's a senior, and he's got a job. He had a job uh, bagging groceries at the, the local grocery store. He got a different job that was going to work in more hours and pay him some more money. The first thing I asked him, I said, 
you give them a notice yet? And he said, yes, sir. I've given them a two week notice and we've worked all that out. And I was adamant on making sure he got that part right. And I didn't even have to, he's just heard me talk about it so many times. And I was extremely proud of him that he respected that employer enough to do that. And it's just, it's, it's hard to find that kind of ethic uh, in, in some of the, yeah, I'm not saying it's not out there because it is, but in my, my personal experience over the past two years, it's been very difficult to find it. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I will take. The, all right, I'll take this. So, uh, you know, the, the one thing I think about that too, Pete, is, you know, how where does this game of tug of war end, right? Where you've got, uh, and this is a rhetorical question mainly, but you know, where you've got employees that are saying, "Hey, I need more money. I need less hours. I need to be able to, you know, have all these things and have that, you know, are, are leaning hard into that culture shift." Which Again, I get. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that work, you know, far too hard, far too long for far too little, right? That, you know, in the grand scheme of things, probably deserve a little bit more. On the flip side of that, though, I think you're seeing more employers that are giving in, right, to a certain extent. And where does this end? Like, where, you know, you can only give so much, you know, as an owner, you're taking on all that mediocrity. risk. Yeah, you're, well, but you're, you're taking on the, so, my, I, I was thinking about this in, in, in preparing for this show. I was driving around today, and I thought about this question and, and just like, hey, where does this end, right? And to your point, you know, your boy, that's a great story because he's seen it, right? He's seen it from the other side. He's seen you have that struggle of, man, this really affected me by this person. And, and you know, whether you said that outwardly or not, I'm sure he saw it. I'm sure as he got older, he picked up on it that, hey, you know, so-and-so left, and, man, dad's you know, pretty burnt up, oh, you know, pretty unhappy, whatever. Dumb. He's yeah, right now. It's, affe- it's affecting him. It's affecting, you know, this person I love. So I can only hope that, you know, we see a lot more people that are, you know, starting up businesses. I mean, there's been like a record number of business startups here in the last two yeah. years since COVID. Maybe I, that, that's the only hope I have is that maybe as people start to see it from the other side and their kids see the bad that comes with the good, right? Because, Business ownership is not the rosy picture that everybody paints it out to be. I mean, it is, it is the most worrisome, nervous thing. I can't believe that Matt Martin participates in and 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 leans in so hard with his you know anxious tendencies uh, into this. But uh, yeah, it, it, I hope that people will see that and unfortunately experience some of the pain, some of the worry, some of the self doubt, some of all, you know, all those things, all the, the negative things that come into it and maybe see and teach their kids, Hey, you know what? You should be grateful, you know, just as grateful as Pete is to have you working at GCI that I ought to be grateful that I have a boss that is, you know, so supportive and so, you know, welcoming and allow me to work and do my thing and make a good wage and put, like you said, put a roof over, uh, you know, my head, food on the table for my kids, all that kind of stuff. I think that, you know, that that was the that kind of the last thought I had, and then I had to go back to work. But was, you know, Pete, I think a lot of it is just gratitude on both sides. I think that there's employers that are not grateful enough for the people that help provide them, you know, the opportunity to make, you know, a good chunk of money, but with all the risk and everything that's associated with it. And on the flip side of that, you got employees that there's are, there are good ones. You have them working for you right now. People that are grateful that say, hey, I love this company. I love what it stands for. I love what we do. And Pete, 
I'm ride or die with you, man, whether you like it or not. And <laughs> those are the people you got to find. It's just so hard. So I don't know. I, there was no point to that. I just, again, just something no, I'm thinking about the show. And it's so being so excited for this conversation tonight. So it's a, it's a positive perspective. And I appreciate that because it's real easy to get down in the dumps about, about this. Um, you know, and I see a lot of people in the in the comments again. You know, saying uh, there are are good people that come from from uh, uh, good good workers that come from bad homes, no doubt. One of the things I felt like I noticed in in hiring was you had to find someone at the appropriate time. Uh, there's a certain amount of timing that comes on, especially that I felt like with young people, right? Um, and I, like for instance, when hiring at, at uh, in in lawn care. I liked, and, and this probably goes against every hiring law there is, and I, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but <laughs> I liked people that were in a committed relationship or newly married and had a certain amount of, of what I would call desperation. Uh, I felt like they were the most malleable, uh, the hungriest, and the, uh, the, 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 most, the most willing to adapt or adopt the your way of of uh conducting business right and and i and w the way i i actually recognize that is that i started thinking about when when i became uh what when, when i went from a b employee to an a employee right and i would say my time at, at true green i was i was very much a b employee and then my time at fairway i was very much an a employee the difference was was that i um I met someone and I got engaged really quickly and I got married really quickly and I was very, very poor, very, very poor. And I was willing to do anything, anything to provide. Exactly. And anything to provide yeah. for, for my, for my home, my family, my wife. And, and, and it was, there was something about that. It clicked with me. It, it clicked with me at True Green how much I love the industry, how much extra effort that if I ever wanted to shine in a corporate environment, I had to go above and beyond. Work didn't just end when I went home. I had to study when I got home. I had to figure out all the different active ingredients. I had to figure out what AIs killed which weeds. I had to read labels. And and, and I at least figured that out, that that was going to be the only way I stood out in corporate America. And then when I really hit the desperation point, you know, that was when – it was it was all hands on deck and it was 100% self sacrifice for the for for my marriage it was self sacrifice for my family that i am now the provider of and i noticed that so many of the good i, I wouldn't even say good great employees good to great employees were in that similar scenario that were either in a committed relationship or uh, uh recently married and, and 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 fighting and it clicked with them that they are now the provider there that you know it's their responsibility to provide and they had a different air about them they would you could see when they had a bad night with their wife when they got to work but it was like they were going down and they were looking through their route and then all of a sudden a smile come on came on their face because they knew they were getting back out there to have another opportunity to provide and make things right at home, you know, for whatever it was, whether it was a money thing or, or you know, who knows, you know, kids on the way and they just found out and they weren't planning to have one yet. All those things kind of factor into it. Pete, let me ask you this. Matt, have you noticed that? that? Hey, a here's your desperation story. This was years ago, my first ever aeration and seeding job. A customer asked me to aerate and seed their yard, and I was like, what's that? I don't even know. At the time, I didn't know what that was. 
I figured it out. I was like, okay, I need to go buy a bag of grass seed. Well, my bank account didn't have enough money in it to buy a bag. And I think it, the best of my knowledge was like 49 or $59 at that point in time years ago. And I didn't have enough money to buy the grass seed. And I was too embarrassed to go ask the customer for the money up front. So desperation kicked in. I had to have its grass seed. I called my aunt who owned a horse farm and I went over there and I shoveled horse manure for several hours straight to earn the $50 to go buy the bag of grass seed. That was desperation. And of course I haven't had to do that lately, but my point is, is sometimes being self-employed, especially in the startup, you just, you literally do whatever it takes. And I was he, not going to go to this customer and say, I don't have your bag of grass seed. And I was not going to ask him for the money up front. I just wasn't going to do it. So I, I made my own way and went and hoard, uh, shoveled horse manure for several hours to have the money to go buy the grass seed. Wow. Wow. And the reason why I say wow is that I guess I come from a different place because anytime there's some kind of a substantial material outlay like that, uh, I come from the world of there is a 50% deposit on the total job. Take it or leave it. Well, that's what we do now. We do on renovation work. It's 50% up front and 50% up. Matter of fact, we get their credit card number. And it's mm. 50% say yes. And we tell them up front, when Pete finishes the renovation, he's going to call the office and say, hey, Ms. Jones's renovation is completed. Hit her for the other 50%, 50% and they automatically charge it right away. We, we really change the way we yeah, do that. Yeah, you know what? And I I'm actually have gotten to the point uh in the last several years where I don't touch work unless I have somebody's number one email, number two, their card, nothing personal because that way I'm not worried about getting paid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not worried. I mean, it's like, I'm not worried about getting paid. And as I said, I mean, I, I make it very clear is that, I will require a 50% deposit on any kind of work that requires a substantial outlay in materials. That's just uh, how it goes. <laughs> Tell, and, you know, there's, there's no feeling in the world like having an AR that is so big and you have nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> I, on paper, I'm worth so much pleasantries. And in reality, I don't have a damn thing. I don't even know what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. That is a <laughs> horrifying feeling. No, Isn't it? Well, I appreciate that. Isn't that terrible? I mean, and you know what, Matt? I made sure that I never got there. Because you know what? 
people don't like me because here's what I'm often doing. I am quietly standing in the corner off to the side watching them make mistakes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quietly watching them make, 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 make mistakes, crash and burn, not have enough money in their bank account. Uh, I, I've seen it. Okay? I've seen it all. And so, I learn from it. And I'm always thinking, how do I make it so that someone is not standing in the corner watching me suffer? Okay? I, I, I'm always doing that. <laughs> you want to talk about desperation? There's, there's Ray painting the picture right there. <laughs> you know, I'll, t- I'll tell an honest an honest story here. And, uh, and it's, this isn't, I never really get into the specifics about this. When, when carbon earth went under, we had a quarter of a million dollars in AR and Mm. it was, it was a weird thing when you have, you no longer have a bank account, right? You have a quarter of a million dollars in AR and you're dipping into your own pockets to pay the last payroll because you're, you don't have a bank account anymore and wondering what in the hell is going to happen. And that, you know, that again, you know, people, I want to tie this back to the, 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 the gratitude piece of this and, and the difficulty in, in finding employees somehow bring this all full circle. I feel like whether it's the, the, the cloth we were cut from uh, Ray, Ryan, uh, Pete, I feel like the, 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 the number, the percentage of people in the workforce right now that can put themselves emotionally or empathetically into that position and understand the, 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 the risk that's at play here, um, is declined, has declined. And, and, you know, we'll say it was 10% before we'll say it was 10% 10 years ago. It was 6% or 7% five years ago. And I would say we're probably at two to 3% now. I think a realistic number, if, if you hire a hundred people, you're going to find two decent potential employees. And of those two, maybe one is coachable from a B to an A employee. Does that does that sound realistic to you? One out of a hundred becoming an A employee, I, it 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 does to me. And I I could I can in fact if I went back and pulled up some spreadsheets, I could tell you exactly what that number was for us at Carbon Earth. It's one out of a whole lot. I know that. I mean, <laughs> I think that that's just it, 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 and and that's the thing is like, do you in and I think this is the way forward, right? And this is why. You're going to see smaller staffs that are more nimble and companies that are taking in less revenue, but probably generating more margin because they have guys who know what they're doing and there's less time spent training and all that. Like, there's a lot of upside to that, but this, you know, this, this cycle of finding those people is going to be much longer. And your time of putting out the Indeed ad and getting ghosted on 15 interviews is just, it's, it's not a good use of your time, right? So rather than that, you try to cultivate relationships that could take, months maybe even years right to build to finally like 
you know, make that ass that official. Hey, let's work together. You know, let's do well, this. It, run Indeed ads and had two out of seventy five scheduled interviews show up. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. It, 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 seriously, two out of seventy five show up. I'm not a good looking man. Yeah, I'm not a good looking man, but I'm gonna say that I could probably do better on a dating app than I could on Indeed. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying, Indeed is a scam. The whole thing is it's it, 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 great for them and their and their venture capitalist people. But yeah. But how are you? How I are mean, you? How are you going to draw in? I mean, at, at t- today's day and age, how are you going to draw in people to interview when you need to bring on ten people, and you're and you're trying to do a mass and you're you do a job fair, you do all this fun stuff, and and between between it all, you know, you you line up seventy five interviews and two people show up out of the seventy five. That that something is wrong there, and I I I, I yeah. think it's 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 bigger than just indeed shilling people towards you to make sure you, they get their click money. I there is something systemically going on that is different now versus five years ago versus ten years ago, and and there's you know we what? could argue a thousand different ways over what oh, it is yeah. and how to fix it. No doubt about it, and and I would prefer not to to get into that because everybody's going to have an opinion on that. And uh, and we'll probably end up getting banned off YouTube for it because um, I'll, I'd probably get get a little heated in it. But my 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 point is is that without a doubt, I don't think anybody can deny right now something has changed in a major major way. That is weird. It is weird. You know, I, I because okay, I joke about how I'm unemployable. But let me ask you, you three, an honest question. Could you imagine anybody working for me? No. <laughs> no, I hate oh. chance. Not a chance. <laughs> I can, actually, well, I, could see, I could see that there being a select group of people to work for. I'll, t- I'll tell okay. you what, Ray. If I ever moved to Hawaii, <laughs> I'm going to get a job. There and it is. <laughs> there it is. Only thing is, uh, Pete, I think that one of the issues would become, for example, work ethic. That is what I think is kind of not, not the same as it, it was because, uh, you know, on the days that I'm not on this show, guess when quitting time is for me. Oh, you ain't telling me. I know. I work, dude. I work anywhere from twelve to sixteen hours a day. You ain't you, okay. You ain't telling me. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you you know because uh, what was I doing last night? I was wrapping up at nine forty-five p.m. <laughs> okay, and day before that, I was wrapping up at about six thirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, only thing, if I come to Hawaii and I work for you, I'm gonna tell you, you better have a good workload because I'm extremely efficient and I'm extremely quick in what I do, and I'm very thorough. So, so don't don't sell yourself short. You better have a lot of work for me to do. I, I think he just actually, said, wear him out. Wear him out. Actually, actually, Pete, here's the here's the <laughs> thing is that. What's more likely to happen is I'm planning on 
getting away from the from the rock. What rock? That, Hawaii. Uh, rock that I'm no. stuck on. Uh, he he well, wants to no. come down south, Pete. It's, it is calling okay. to him Listen, like, I, a, I, like a bacon. John, earlier, I, you come to North Carolina, me and you's going to take a road trip, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I've already filed the Delaware LLC. We're going to call it All Beards Turf. <laughs> right there, oh, baby. All Beards Turf. <laughs> yep. What a befitting name. All right, what son, befitting- <laughs> son, I really appreciate you coming into a plot. I need you to come back here in about three months. When you're a little thicker, a little fuller, and we'll talk about a job, all right? Get your clean shaven butt out of, out of here. But no, but seriously, I, I don't know. I think uh I think that's the way of the future, man. I'm glad to see that you uh had that realization, right, already, you know, o- over a year ago now, right? And and saying, Listen, you know, uh, enough's enough, you know, money to stress level, right? That ratio, uh, there is a breaking point there. And uh mm-hmm. we're in this like uh, hedonistic society right now where you got to grow, you got to scale your business, you got to do this, you got to do like, why though? Why do I, why do I need to do that? And oh, and I had, when I started this, I had dreams of having 50 trucks on the road. Mm-hmm. And every you single knew who GCI was. They like, you know, I wanted all these employees and these massive things. And I'm going to tell you what, where we're at currently right now, September the 8th, 2022, uh, we're considerably less clients than we had two years ago. My group of men and women that I have working for me now are exceptional. They are incredible people and they are incredible employees. And Mm -hmm. we are not taking any new customers. We're, we're doing everything in our power to keep our, our customer base we have now perfectly happy. And Pete is content. That's, that's a big word that you don't hear a lot anymore. I am, I am no. finally content in making this much money, you know, whatever, that, whatever that circle looks like. I make this much money and I can do this, that, this, and then... If I don't have enough money to go do that, I just don't have enough money to go do that. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, now, you know, and, and I, my stress level is just went way down. You know what, Pete? Do you know why I actually became self-employed? You didn't like taking instruction. I don't know. Why. <laughs> no. <laughs> he tried to kill his guy. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was not true. <laughs> he went after him with the truck. It, 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 it was actually to it was actually to reduce my stress level. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually Believe to it. reduce my well, because I tell people honestly that me being self employed, I essentially consider myself semi retired right now. And I have been semi retired for since two thousand and seven. <laughs> okay, I, I've been sending you guys. Sits on, he he sits on the computer and talks to us for six hours a week. I mean, he's he. Yeah, that's that to me sounds like semi-retired. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six hours a week, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, I'm grateful for it. But that Pete, everything you just said there is. I hope the people who listen to this 
will hear the message that you know um and and everybody has their own definition but well wealth is not your net worth right those are two different things sure uh i i believe that wealth is you know you you be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it right and you know to have a good staff that you can say hey you know what man i need to take the day off and and take the kids to uh you know to six flags or something because i want to that's mm-hmm. wealth like it, not being chained to it to say nah i can't burn a vacation day or i'm so you know in entrenched in the business that i can't take a day off to go do something like that because everything would fall apart i mean that, that that's a bad way to live and so i don't know man i I have, a, I have a ton of respect i was so excited for this conversation and um yeah i mean it, and, uh, it's been it's been really cool to hear your perspective on all this stuff and just wrap up the business I, part i was extremely nervous coming into this I just oh listen oh, you old you old cuss don't Pete. come on uh come Pete, on. you were the first live stream guest today i told him i was gonna be on and he said yeah that's four big brains i was like oh it's like three and a half <laughs> <laughs> I, Stop. I was nervous Stop. but you guys Stop. are awesome, man. Really awesome stop I mean, because, like, the premise of our show is, you know what? We are never here to make people small or to make people feel less. I mean, for us, a big part of why we're even here is, I always say, it's so that we can grab hold of people and lift them up. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. That's that's why I'm here. I you know, feel like I, that's, I th- that's that's what I want to do. Is I want to grab hold of people and lift them up, <laughs> even though they're a little heavy sometimes. But hey, I'll lift them up. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally want to pick people up. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say my favorite thing about this is, um, it, it is especially talking with the pros is I love. You can tell the difference when you have someone on and and they can talk candidly about um, their failures and their shortcomings. There's something about that that I think people in this industry need to hear because it reminds them that everything is going to be okay. Uh, Because whether you've been in this industry for one year or you've been in this industry for 20 years, there are certain days where you are questioning your sanity and really wondering if everything's going to be okay. Did I make the right choice? Am I, am, am I, should I sell the business? Should I get out of this? What, what should I do? Does my family hate me? And just to, to hear that you're not alone. Jeez, man. I, I, uh, tell me that hasn't gone through your head. Tell me that hasn't gone uh, through your head. It's, oh, it's, I, it's a serious thing. I, I, I love that. I mean, I, failure is how you learn. I've told so many people this story. One of my first fertilizer customers wanted his yard green. Tall fescue, a little bit shady, uh, irrigated, July, super humid. I go out with a belly spreader, take a micro pre 4600 urea, oh. and spread a yard with a belly spreader. Come back. <laughs> and the yard is absolutely toast. And I had to redo that yard for free, basically almost a full renovation for free so I could make it right to the customer. But you said the failure. I love talking about failure. Some people run from that failure and are scared about it. Uh, 
I don't care if you know how many times I failed. I want you to take the failures that I've uh, you know done myself, and then don't do them yourself. Learn from it, and then oh, that, yeah, that's way yep. better. You when you fall down, you have to get back up. You know what I'm saying? And if you never uh, fall down, you never learn anything, so you can get back up. And I would say I would say this, and I, I say it in our business all the time is. You know, if we're doing our jobs right and we're at the peak of our performance, we're getting paid to learn. So whether it's something we've done a thousand times before and we're trying to eke out that next tenth of a percent, right, and just figure out a way to make it just that much better, because that's the kind of people that we all are on this panel. We're looking for any edge, any angle, any little thing we can do to make it a little bit better. Or if it's something we've never done before, we're going eyes wide open and even no matter what, whether it's that whole that thing that we've done over and over and over again or it's something we've never done before and we're doing for the first time like the whole failure piece like you gotta you gotta embrace that that's gonna happen and you've got to accept that it's gonna happen and like you're saying pete like you have to have the fortitude to be like yep i'm gonna take a look at that and look at it from all angles and really try to figure out and be honest with myself i think that's a, th- that's a tough thing too for a lot of people because you know we can be very ego driven people a lot of times but uh, you yes. got to be able to have the humility to say, okay, I could have done this, this, and this differently, or if I do this again, I'm going to do that, that, and that different. I mean, it's it's an acquired skill, and I think the most successful people in in any walk of life, but mostly you know in our business, because there's a lot of failure, and there's a lot of stuff that's outside your control. You know, that you you're just you're never going to get in front of, but you can try to mitigate to a, you know to an extent possible. So I don't know. I I think it's great perspective. I hope that. You know, if somebody watches this and, you know, you, you know, you're you're looking for a job and, and, and all that kind of stuff, I hope you find somebody like Pete that, you know, is going to be real with you and have that mindset that failure is a part of life. It's a part of, you know, growing as an employee, growing as a company and jump in, jump right, jump in and put that next bag of fertilizer on the pallet, Matt, Ray, fill that, <laughs> fill that backpack with another 50 pounds of water and Go out and spray that next two thousand square feet. You know, hey. <laughs> I mean, and and that's that's the that, it, or or to Pete's it, fire a customer. Hey, we we're you know we're we're more set up to fail by keeping you on our books and taking money from you. We're more at risk by doing that to fail than we are to just say, hey, you know what, your money's no nope. good here. Nope. We appreciate you. Yeah, we respect you, yeah. but we got to go. We love we love you. However, uh, don't call us it, ever again. Actually, it's called. You know what? I think you'd be happier with somebody else, and I hope that person can do you right. Matt, I have figured out your side hustle, man. This is it. All right, I need I need you to commit two hours a week. People okay. will pay you okay. a small sum of money because I don't think you need a lot to do this. You. Sure can be the lawn care guy that all the all the other lawn care operators have call to fire their customers for them. You oh do this God. as a service. Could you imagine how great you'd be at that and how cathartic that would be for you? I think this is it. <laughs> that we should listen, do this. As as a high <laughs> high stress, high anxiety individual, that would get a lot of the demons out of me on a daily basis. Uh, well, gee, Matt. I'm going to throw this out to you right now. If you ever need yeah. to let go of a customer and uh, and you just don't want to be pained with it, uh, please feel free to just three-way <laughs> me in, and I'll, I'll very gently <laughs> and gingerly 
let that customer go. Yeah. Hey, we'll start doing I mean, this live on the or, air someday. Or Pete, <laughs> uh, if you feel that you don't need to be gentle or nice about it, put me in on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, or, or, Pete, we've gone from bad cop to bad. You know, we've got now we've got the batter cop and the baddest cop. So those yeah. those would be the ones that the ones that still owe you money and you want to fire. But that's when we'll bring Ray in. So. Let's yeah, get all yeah, three exactly. of us on on the line, and we just we get into an argument with each other as we're. I'm firing gonna fire him. No, you're gonna fire him. Yeah. Pete's yelling oh, at man. Ray. Ray's yelling at me. I'm yelling at Pete, and it's just really freaking the customer out. Well, I was gonna say, and then at that at that point, what you hope to do is, hey, you know, guys, I can't be a part of this. I'm I'm gonna have to quit. I I I, I can't. You know, you just it's like a wrestling match. You know. So another uh, for that change. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the employer employee thing that has been happening. It it was it was also at that time, you know, the whole YouTube thing was you know going crazy for me. Wow! Yes, that that opened up an an entire e-commerce business we have going on too. So we got a spray company, we got a maintenance company, we got an e-commerce business. And I've already started a fourth company that is ready to rock and roll. It's ready to go. As soon as I touch a button, it's ready to go. But I don't have any people that I can hire right now to do it. So I got that part on hold. But hey. got, it's right good to have plans. That, it's good to have something. Go ahead. Right about that time when I made that July decision to stop taking customers, my time was insane meaning hours and hours and hours i would go to work work all day at the office in my local company i would come home film a video with youtube because you know technically uh, that's a job that's what i consider it a job because i'm i'm working putting videos out there and people see the videos and they buy stuff based off what they see so to me that's a job so i'm out here filming videos come in do some family thing, eat supper, everybody's in the bed, and I'm up at one, two, three o'clock in the morning editing videos to get it out for Saturday morning. And that was just going on, and I just I couldn't take any more of it. I had to, I had to, I had to stop. It was just, it was killing me physically, mentally. I found myself snapping at my kids. From time to time, and I don't, yep. I don't do that. I don't do that with my kids. I love my kids. I'll die for my kids. And when when it got to that point, I was like, I just can't do no more. I can't. It's too much physical exertion and too much mental exertion on one body, on one person. No matter how big and bad you think you are, you can't do it all. So that, along with the employee thing, kind of made me say all right i gotta put the brakes on and and that's what that's why we kind of downsized the local company so that it frees me up even more to do more of the online stuff which um you know that's that's kind of my niche right now for, for pete personally and um it's, it's been going pretty smooth here lately um because i think it had to do with that that one change can't do so much you know what i'm saying and you got a focus room 
Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap this up. And Pete, I hope you come back on and 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 we have this next conversation. And you talk about making the shift to the online thing, because um, and the, and the part I was gonna say about it is that at at a certain point in uh, any segment of the turfgrass industry, your physical limitations uh, will get met, and that that could be from overwork, that could be just from the fact of getting older. Um, and not being able to have the same capacity of physical output that at one time you could, or the, I'll uh, the in that, in, in, and it's the, the little things, you know, it's the pains, it's mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, starting to get arthritis in the toes kind of thing. And, and it, and it, and it becomes a compounding thing where you're always in pain. My Achilles tendon always hurts and there's nothing I can do about it. That's going to fix it. And, uh, and you, you have to take a look at what you've got in front of you and start Xing off the things that are requiring the, the, the most extreme amount of physical exertion because you just aren't 22 years old anymore. And, uh, and that, and that it could be an entire show in and of itself. And, you know, we talk about, you know, maybe, maybe part of a, a lack of draw in this industry is the physical aspect of it. And, you know, as, and I, and I kind of feel like as a society, we, we shy away uh, from uh, physical, you know, self self imposed physical distress is is going to be a very scientific way to make it sound like, uh, you know, some people just don't want to sweat their ass off. You know, when when they can make when they can make seventy five thousand dollars sitting behind a computer screen, you know, versus you know being out there and 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 driving your your head into the ground as hard as you can, and at the end of the day, being so tired that you can barely take your shirt off, and uh, Bro, and that's. And some people like that. I, you know, I I enjoy that. If I if I don't sweat every day, I feel I feel weird. You know, like like I left we, we I left gas in the tank. Yeah, we started aerating and seeding this week, so I'm on a truck myself to help the spray crews stay caught up, stay on schedule because we only have a you know limited window to get it done. Yep, and I love it. I am not behind <laughs> a computer, not looking at that stupid computer screen. I'm not typing anything and having to do math and numbers and all that. I love being out in the field. I absolutely love it. Don't you, and you know I that mean, I believe I believe ahead, it Ray. keeps you young. I believe it keeps you young. Because last month I made fifty, right? And people tell me I don't look fifty. And that is something where I don't plan on looking or being a day over 50 for quite a while. Ray, you don't look 50, but you act 70, and that's why I love you. Uh, so <laughs> I, I want to I make that very clear. Uh, but you, 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 look, you look 35 to me, and you'll always look 35 to me. All right, we got to get thank out of here, Pete. Thank you so much for thank coming you. on. I hope you come back Appreciate again. It. This was... At time, man. This, this, you can... We can talk... Go into equipment. I mean, so many. Oh, I wanted to get. Yes. I wanted to get about to the ball fields and the equipment. We didn't get there, but we'll. The next time, we're going to definitely do that next time. Every other Thursday night, I go to the drag strip, so I'm I'm available every other Thursday. Perfect, because we do we do a call in show pretty much every other Thursday. We're trying trying to get to that point, but we kind of got a lot of guests lined up right now, so. Anyway, Pete, I can't wait for you to come back. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Pete, thank you for your time. And uh, we will catch everybody on the flip side. See you later.
Yeah. That's one way to exit. Yeah.